What's going on, my peoples? It's your girl, Lita, and welcome back to another episode of Akata Girl Chronicles, where we talk all things black and beautiful from the continent across to diaspora with a sprinkle of ratchet intellect in between. Um, Before we jump into the episode, I want to remind everyone that this podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere that you get your podcast fixed. Um, but I also want to let my listeners know that if they're enjoying my content and want to support this show even further by becoming a subscriber via the Anchor platform, I truly, truly am grateful for all the great feedback I've been getting so far. I want to keep pumping out uh, more content for you guys, okay? So with that being said, let's get right on into our Black Organization of the Week. This week, we are featuring the ESSE Justice Group. This organization's mission is not only to aid incarcerated loved ones, incarcerated people's loved ones, but actually eradicate mass incarceration as it negatively affects Black women specifically and our community at large. Um, Often the issue of mass incarceration in the classroom, the prison pipeline, is centered around Black men and boys, um, but the issue touches women of our community very deeply. So they're doing work in... um, advocacy, um, a lot of policy work, and just really being there and creating community for those who are affected by mass incarceration. So um, if you're interested in volunteering, donating, or joining in on what they're doing, please check them out at sejusticegroup.org. That's E-S-S-I-E, justicegroup.org to learn more. So for the meat and potato portion this week, we are going to delve right on into really the essence of what this show is, right? The relationship between African and African-Americans. Um, if you are a first-time listener, um, I just want to give you a brief background on me. I have a Nigerian father and an African-American mother, but was raised by my father and primarily in Nigerian and African culture. So I have experience in living in both dichotomies and really navigating what seems to be two different worlds. Um, so with that preface, I really just want to get into the background of today's episode. Okay, so around the passing of Aretha Franklin, you know, the social media sphere, we were planning her funeral, and we were really just surmising, like, who's going to perform, who's going to be at the repast, who's cooking, all that stuff, you know, just making, trying to make light of the of a very tragic situation. And, you know, uh, one of the performers that were mentioned was Tevin Campbell, He's who is a, uh, I believe, a 90s R&B singer. Um, and, you know, um, a Nigerian blogger, influencer, author named Lovey Ajay, she very bombastically, you know, made a tweet saying like, oh, where did, I haven't heard that name and I'll pull that from a rock or something to that effect, right? Now, I personally did not find what she said offensive, but I do know that Lovey has a reputation of being very sharply critical of African-American culture and African-American society, very tone deaf when it comes to, you know, what what African-Americans actually go through from her perspective as an African. And um, she just leaves a bad taste in people's mouths. So I'm sure her speaking on something just really 
I, I don't want to say the word triggered, but it just really is like, girl, you don't get to speak, right? Um, so, but in the aftermath of that backlash, there was an article that came out um, that uh, I, I forgot exactly who the author was, but the article came out that was referring to African African immigrants as being a guest to African American culture, and you know they need to leave, learn to respect it, or not partake in it at all. And you know, while I understand the sentiment in vitriol for what it is, um, the term. Using the term guest really bothered me, and it bothered me because it reminded me of the ridiculous argument that um, I saw a lot of African African people making with, you know, um, when they see Black Americans, you know, wearing the dashiki and, you know, putting on the ankara and stuff like that, and it kind of was like, oh, you guys are trying to culturally appropriate, you know, African culture now, and, you know, that whole type of... Um, that whole argument and really honestly it just really it just fed into how culturally closed off we are from each other and this creation of an us versus them mentality that has been instilled on both sides right um but to further illustrate my this divide and this is where I'm going to get kind of deep on it um Yvonne Orji, who plays Molly on Insecure, um, she was recently on The Breakfast Club, and one of the hosts, Charlemagne, asked her directly, like, you know, do Africans look down on African Americans, right? Um, and in her reply, in my opinion, was very PC, very politically correct, right? As she stated, you know, oh, well, it's not a look down thing. You know, Africans or specifically Nigerians, we're just taught to always, you know, look at who is above you, no matter if you're black, white, or Asian. And all of and all of that is very true. You know, I knew early on, I remember early on my father telling me, you know, the Asian kids shouldn't be ahead of me. You know, the, the Jewish kids shouldn't be doing this. If you this person you need to be the best like and then really really you know the whole problematic kind of like instilling that competitiveness and the constant pressure to perform and you know the constant comparison as a whole but that's a whole nother episode to really get into but you know it was really instilled in me that you should be the best and you know if you're not the best then you're a disappointment you know like oh you, you brought home b what thing what what is b Eh? why didn't you get an a you know, it is that kind of that kind of thinking. You know, you know, you're listening if you're a Nigerian parent or an African parent. You know what I'm talking about, right? Um, but where I think African immigrants and Black immigrants in general, when they become tone deaf and 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 for lack of a better word, ignorant on the structures put in place in this country that control access and resources for African-Americans. And before we talk about it being an excuse and, oh, that you're just playing into it, you know, we have to understand that a lot of immigrants, and this is this is all over, whether you're black, white, whatever, a lot of immigrants, they have the privilege of working with assimilation from the offset, right? So um, they have the ability to hold on to their home culture, navigate and secure said resources, and provide for themselves and their family, you know, because we understand what we're working towards. There's something bigger than us. You know, a lot of people come here, they're coming here because they just strictly, look, I'm just trying to get my kids a better education or a better future than what my home country would be. And that's it. I'm not worried about all 
what the history is here. I'm not worrying about a lot of and a lot of a lot of African households, and I will say specifically Nigerian as, um, households. You're taught to mind your business, like mind your business. Don't get into that. That ain't got nothing to do with you. Like that is what is taught to us, you know. But for many African Americans, this is not the case. They we don't have the privilege of just ignoring what is going on and just sticking to you know what our culture dictates because we're you know many are raised in america this is their culture so they have to deal with what it is you know um and some of us can't be performative um and in this and there are conditions in their systemic racist institute institutions that affect our access to education our access to health care even our access to real estate owning land you know there are instances where that people were really you know, African-Americans have been specifically targeted and killed for trying to attain these resources for our people and for the community. So, yes, the black community does have challenges within and we have things that are going on that aren't right within us. But none of that is above what the system or white supremacy um, is capable of and has been doing historically. You know, and being someone who is, you know, I myself who is for the liberation of our people here and abroad, that comes with the danger of not being granted access because I'm choosing not to assimilate in a way that is dictated by white supremacist standards. You know, assimilation is not liberation. It does not guarantee your freedom. It does not guarantee your place at the table, quote unquote, right? Um, and, and there's a reason why media praise or ranks immigration, immigrant groups, you know, that that assimilate to success, you know, oh, you know, I think a recent article that came out like, oh, Nigerians are the most successful immigrants now, and which is some, you know, I understand the, the reason to be proud of that. But then if we want to look at that deeper, you know, we've been pitted against Asians, we've been pitted against all this to do what, assimilate to what, what culture are we assimilating to, you know? Like that's that's a, that's a question that we have to ask ourselves, and 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 I implore people when they're listening to this to think a little deeper, at, before just saying, oh well, it's just education or it's just this or don't read into it. No, sometimes you need to read into things because everything has a root cause, right? Everything has a meaning, especially when we're talking about a white supremacist capitalist system. Everything has a purpose as to why they're boosting you up. Period. Right. So with that, it's just like, you know, we, it would be delusional if we didn't understand this as a tool of division, right? But that's that, I'll, I'll get into that uh, maybe in a later episode. But yes, I do think that, you know, when we talk about assimilation and getting into liberation, that is a tool of division in and of itself. But now to get to another point, you know, the name of this show is Akata Girl, right? And Akata is a derogatory term that translated to wildcat. And it's used by Africans to describe a person who is wild, uncouth, uncultured, and can even be pointed at African immigrants who have lost touch with the African culture, you know, but it's namely used to describe African Americans. And that is a sentiment shared by many Africans. There is a stereotype that Africans play into when they 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 think or when they think about African Americans. You know, many come to America with the mentality that African Americans, you know, they are lazy and they're this and the third. You know, why can't you just secure resources? Uh, I think on a post someone said, "Oh, well, y'all have a black president." There is you know, like it just, it's just this is it, ignorance. It's not can't. There's no other way to say it. You know. 
and honestly, I just I just want people to stop lying. Like we have to stop lying about how we really feel about each other and just say, you know what, I played into a stereotype that I did not understand. I didn't understand this concept or whatever the case is, you know. Um I know from I know from my own family since birth, these are things that I've said or I've heard being said, you know. And so they, there is a certain ter- stereotype that Africans hold towards African-Americans. So, you know, Yvonne and Lovely's commentary, you know, is really just ankle deep in an ocean depth of bullshit that has been going on between African and um, African-Americans. You know, it's just like they're not they're not. They're not telling the whole truth and they're not just being honest and letting that shit be repaired for real, you know? So, but on the flip side, because I believe in fairness, you know, African-Americans are not left out of this conversation. You know, I got to, I got to dig in y'all too. African-Americans do shut outside, just shut those outside of their culture out. And, you know, they discriminate and chastise black immigrants. You know, I know people who, um, uh, out in Florida, it's it's a well-known history that the larger large Haitian, excuse me, that the large Haitian population there they were demeaned to be dirty, ugly, and outcasted by other African Americans. You know, in my own personal experience, I I was teased for the way I dressed. You know how my dad talked, the food I ate. You know, and I used to be ashamed of being African or my Nigerian culture because I didn't want people to know. You know, I didn't want people to know my strong ass middle name. I didn't want to wear traditional clothes to events because I thought it looked funny and it was as if I were to be ridiculed for taking pride in my culture and that is experience that a lot of Africans have when coming to this country and so that also furthers into the divide but you know if you're being ridiculed and you know taking pride into your culture that it really speaks to you know why black immigrant parents are so big on instilling this greatness in their confidence in their children because of the daily ignorance that we face when because you know a lot of black americans they don't understand culture that they've never experienced or they fed into a false image of what africa is you know they fed into the stereotype as well so it's on both sides and there is a serious disconnect from our history and for the lack of a better word you know willful ignorance that comes from trying to break that kind of disconnect. You know, it really just is a a sad case on both sides. So, you know, the Black community, they have been stereotyped as broken, poor, and unsuccessful. You know, the African image has been, uh, been, you know, that we don't have anything when our resources are lacking, which is in part true, but that's because of colonialism, right? Like that's not really us, but you know, we know in reality that there's so many African-Americans who accomplish great things, who are innovator, innovators, who are high achievers. You know, these, these, these are things that as black people in general, we are the salt of the earth. You know, we're the mother of the earth. Everything starts from blackness. Everything starts from us. I don't care what your heritage is, what your culture is. All of us um, as Black people were capable of so many amazing things. And it really starts with mindset um, and study and knowing who you are, knowing, you know, where you come from, and then really, you know, digging your heels into that and just going for it, right? Um, But to close this portion out, I just want to really center on the fact that all of us, Black, Indigenous folk, Americans, transplants, Caribbean, African, Afro-Latina, Latino, 
whatever. There is no liberation without first seeing each other. You know, we have to see each other first. We need to be honest about our transgressions and moving forward as a unit. You know, securing and sharing resources and access is the goal. That is what is going to bring us to the promised land, y'all. Securing and sharing resources and access, okay? We have to understand that there is beauty in the diversity of Black culture. There's beauty in having our cultural differences and celebrating each other. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? Because in order to build a nation, we need to be able to build community. And in order to build community, we have to build up our relationships with each other. So don't take any of this as ritual or me siding on one side or not, whichever the case is, but really putting a mirror up to each other, dropping the bullshit, and just really saying what, what the truth is and then how do we fix that, okay? So that's really what I want to leave off on that note. Okay, so we are getting into the final portion of our show where we announce the Black Woman Crush of the Week. And for this week, we are featuring a uh, Maria W. Stewart. She was a... uh, a journalist, orator, author, abolitionist, and a women's rights activist. She was the first woman to speak in a mixed crowd of men and women. She made anti-slavery speeches as well as addressed important women's rights issues um, as it pertained to Black women specifically. Um, she also advocated for Black autonomy as the basis of our liberation. And she embodies the Akata girl spirit as a woman who stood so solid in the truth and was unafraid to speak it. So um, if you want to look her up, that's Maria W. Stewart, learning more about our women, Black women ancestors and, you know, what they've done uh, or do um, in the work for liberation. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Akata Girl Chronicles. Um, I want to thank you guys so much uh, for listening and tuning in and joining me on this journey. As always, please listen um, or, excuse me, subscribe via Anchor. I'm also available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podcaster, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Um, wherever you guys get your podcast fixed, I should be on those platforms. If not, don't be afraid to shoot me an email at akatagirl18 at gmail.com. That's A-K-A-T-A-G-R-L-18 at gmail.com. And um, I may be able to answer any questions, topics, concerns that you guys may have. And as always, I just appreciate the feedback. Um, I also want to remind you guys that if you are enjoying the content that I'm pushing out so far, please don't hesitate to become a paid supporter today. Um, if you go into my Anchor FM channel, there should be a um, become a paid supporter. And I would truly appreciate anything that you're able to give um, as, you know, we do this work in um, Yeah. So again, thank you guys for listening. God bless. Bye.